Welcome to Grimdark Live, your weekly webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf in the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and tonight we've got a pretty awesome show ahead of us. And, uh, you know, folks, uh, before we get into all that, thanks for joining us here tonight on Grimdark Live. And if you like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. All right, you uh, you dice chuck and blue sniffing gamer goons, here we go. Tonight we're going to be talking Magakin of Nurgle, specifically Rotbringers of Nurgle, and we are really uh, going to be looking at some very original lists uh, for this Magakin army, and and a couple of lists I want I, I'd like to add, and I think many of you out there uh, are really going to find it very interesting, and you're probably going to uh, learn quite a bit. Um, but tonight I do want to say we have a very uh, special guest, our our very own Pox Falkrum of Nurgle. We got Emma Mangles with us. Emma, what do you hear? What do you say? How are you? fantastic thank you very much <laughs> thank you very much for being with us um it's really awesome that you're here with us uh uh here tonight to talk about Rotbringers and and really magakin of nurgle um, you know in general and, and overall i mean uh you have a lot to offer and and honestly i'm going to say this to everybody just like i said this to you uh off to the side you know before we went live um your lists are original they are really something, and uh, we're, we're, I'm going to save the good stuff for the end after we, 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 we look over your lists, but you've done something with your, with your Magakin lists, your Rotbringers, that currently hasn't been done, and, and I think you've touched on originality in your lists that hasn't been done since the Magakin of Nurgle was delivered to us as an army in 2018. There. What do you think of that? How about that for an opening? That's, uh, that's some big shoes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, thank you very much for, for being with us tonight to talk about Rotbringer's List, uh, your, your Rotbringer's List. Now, I just, I, I did want to take a, a sidebar on something because I just learned that um, you're part of the, the, the Age of Sigmar Team America. I am. That's awesome. One of many. Well, I mean, hey, you know what? It's an accomplishment. Now, let me ask you a question. Uh, you know, how does that how does that commitment level? You know, how do you handle that? I mean, be, being part of a team like that. I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome. That's pretty prolific. You know, how do you how do you balance that? Is that does that add a lot more to your hobby game life, or or is it is it more like a job, or is it is it is just something you do? So that, that's that is pretty interesting. I haven't had anybody ask me that. Um, you know, it it's a it was a huge opportunity uh, last year. When um, Jeremy became captain, and he basically put out an application process for you know everybody in the, the country, he said, "If you guys want to apply team, you know, we're going to do this merit based." And so they took applications for about a month. Uh, we went through a whole bunch of different trials, and uh, you put him and uh, his veterans put together what they believe to be the strongest you know team, and we've been you know, working hard for since we were announced so it's been a couple months we had a team practice a couple months ago it's hard being um you know as the united states 
being so spread out, we've got folks everywhere. Mm. Uh, even though a lot of us are kind of northeast, there's still you know, players scattered around the country. Sure. Um, so luckily, you know, TTS has evolved over the last few years because of the pandemic. Right. Um, so we've been able to, to really utilize that. And that's been a, a really great resource for just practicing. Uh, I think most of us don't really like, you know, playing a tournament on there, or, you know, playing games for, you know, as like a, as like a serious competition on there. Cause sure. it's, you know, TTS it's not, doesn't feel the real thing. Sure. Um, but it's such a great resource just for even practicing. You know, you know, it's funny. I, I've heard about that and I, I have yet to do it, but, uh, but you know, every, you know, I'm going to have to just jump in because, you know, everyone that's, that's a lot better than me at this game, you know, obviously yourself included, uh, does that. So, but very cool. I actually learned that through a mutual friend of ours. Uh, he, uh, he, he told me about it and I was like, really, that's kind of cool. So that's kind of how I, I, I came about that. So, I mean, obviously you know what you're doing, you know, I mean, uh, you, you know how to play this game and, you know, coming off of Adepticon and you're awesome showing there, um, and, and really getting to this point here tonight with Grimdark Live, uh, it, it's, it's been a roller coaster ride. We're not going to touch any of that stuff. Anybody that knows the, what, what happened, you guys can research that on, on Twitter or wherever else, and you can figure it out. But, um, you know, you all know about the events that transpired since Adepticon and the craziness with, with the scoring and all that. Right. But I want to say this, I want to make this, uh, uh, this point that, that Emma, you, you, you carried yourself through it, uh, very impressively. You're, you're, you were a champ the whole time you, uh, and you really are a, a, a good example of, of how to carry yourself through some adversity. So I just want to say that to you, uh, from, from, from me to you, congratulations on that because, um, uh, you, you went through it very tough and, and like, like a champion. So bravo to you. Thank you. Yeah. So, and you do, you have my full respect on that, but now going back and sticking with tournaments, you are going to go right past all that Adepticon nonsense. We're going to talk about some of your cool games though later. I do want to hear about that. Um, but you're going to Nova, uh, next, correct? Is that your next big tournament, if you will? Uh, no, actually was, that's, uh, Nova's like Labor Day weekend. Oh, okay. Um, so that's a couple months away. And actually, uh, Nova was one of the first big events I ever did. And I, uh, before I really got in competitive, I did the, the narrative at Nova open and oh, I had okay. such a great time that I went back the next year and did the narrative again. And now Nova's back this year, so uh, surprise, surprise! I'm, I'm going to be trying to spend as much time as I can playing the narrative. It's like that that vacation. That's you really know, where cool. You just go and and you just throw dice. So you create a story. And... I love that. I, I love that. You know, it's funny. I, I guess um, I'm very much into the match play. Uh, and and you know, back back in the day, I was uh, I, I played a lot of D and D back in the day, but. Uh, I, I, I've heard the narrative is, but you know, there's a guy, Steve Herner, uh, in this area here, he does uh Holy hammers every single year. And he does, uh, he, do, he does a great narrative campaign. He, he, he designs these tables and they, they, they kind of fight against your army. They're kind of interactive and it's very cool. So if you're into narrative stuff, you should check that out at some point in time. Uh, the guy, in my opinion, uh, Herner probably does the, the best narrative that I've, I've ever experienced. So pretty good stuff out there with that. But all right, so you're actually going to go to Nova. You're not actually going to be competing in it, uh, like competitively. You're you're more going, as you said, to kind of relax and have a vacation and and just do a, a narrative piece with it. Right. Yeah. Like the the next actual like events I have, I've got uh, there's Warpstone GT coming up at the end of this month out in Pittsburgh. I just think there's still three tickets available. Cool. Um, uh, you know, not sure exactly what I'll take there. Probably it will end up being whatever list they end up taking the worlds because it's right after that deadline. Um, 
but then the next event is actually AOS Worlds in about six weeks in Prague. Um, so that's really just where all my focus is right now. Just okay, grinding games with that, getting practice, practicing deployments. And... So are you are you going to Prague? Yep, that's where um, it's coming up in the middle of May. It's about six weeks from now. Um, it's, uh, I think twenty one teams that were confirmed wow. from, around the, from around the world, um, and then they're they're going to be put together kind of a, a United Nations type. One for that twenty seconds. So that way, they have an even number. Wow, but that is be great. That is really cool. I mean, that that sounds very very cool. So, so this, um, uh, how many people from Team America are going out to Prague? And if I'm asking a question, I probably uh, so, should answer. I apologize, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. I think there's uh, AOS World is is still kind of picking up speed, and um, I think it's fantastic that you know that there's interest in it. Uh, it's coming up in May, like 18th through 22nd, and this year they expanded it to eight players per team. It used to be six, and you also have uh, like a, uh, a slot for a coach who could be a player, but you know, we have a non-playing coach coming with us. We also have an assistant as well, so it'll actually be 10 members go, um, representing Team America that are going. Okay. All right. So that, that's a, that's a good number. That that's a that's a pretty solid group of people that are going to be out there uh, throwing dice, representing the uh, the U.S. of A. That's that's actually very cool. That's a, I, I wasn't aware that um, that that game was happening in Prague. Now I know that uh, uh, again, uh, kind of going back to um, uh, the event in New Mexico, you are going to be heading out there for the uh, for the U.S. Open uh, finale, right? In 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 New Mexico. Yep, I think that's uh, like November. Okay. So I think my schedule is Warpstone GT in Pittsburgh at the end of this month, then Prague next month, uh, Atlantic City Open, because there's actually something in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, that's in June. Uh, I'm going to try to like the first weekend of um, July to go up to Canada for the Season of War GT. I think there's still a lot of tickets available for that. Um, and then later that month is Summer Slaughter, which is out in PA. It's been sold out since like the day it launched. It's yeah, I did partners. hear about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, you get you got a you got a definitely a, a very a very busy schedule schedule out of you. But I mean, most recently though, let let's talk about your games, the positive stuff. Let's talk about your games at at, uh, at Adepticon because um, and and we don't really have to go into a, a big amount of detail on it. But I mean, you had five games there. You went uh, what uh, four and one, correct? Yeah, that, that's four and one. Lost to a, a Zeech list. Yeah, well, that that happens. That happens. Zeech does that to people every now and again. But let, let's talk briefly about that. I mean, you know, your, your recent series of games at Adepticon, um, and you, you did send me a couple of picks uh, from from the event that we we've kind of thrown up on the screen there, and we're kind of showing everybody. And uh, you played five games, and so let's uh, just kind of t- walk us through uh, some of those games, some of those opponents. Uh, so, I mean, all five games, I had fantastic opponents. They were an absolute joy to play against and one of the best things too is when you get to play five games against five different armies sure. so i had you know, no duplicates i heard somebody that had to play four seraphon list in a row um, that reminds me back in the day in, in 2018 and there when, when when everything was a death list i think between 2018 and 2019 out of my out of my 10 games at adepticon i think seven of my 10 games were against death lists it was awful and I think of those seven lists, five of them had had Nagash in them. It was terrible. 
<laughs> yeah, my round my round five opponent said he had to play against I think it was three Stormcast lists in a row. Yeah, well, I said, well, thank you for for doing that. Yeah, I mean, but but so so you played you played against five five separate lists. Who were the five? We got Zeech, right? You had you had, you had a pretty tough one against Zeech. Uh, what were the other ones? Yep. So it was Zeech round one, and that was that was a rough one because going in with my list, I knew I had some weaknesses where um, basically anything that was going to be super like aggro damage like pure dragons and like double maw crusher were going to be an issue because you'll see that i didn't have a lot of bodies and wounds in my list right um and then the other big concern i had was uh just absolute magic dominance so i didn't want to play against any nagash techless yeah uh croak and game one was zinch with bellacor and he had the sub faction where he can auto deny uh, oh yeah in round one three and five so um you know, I want. I I played you know five great people, and I played Caleb. I played him before, and he, he's always a joy to to hang out with. Um, but I just wanted to to strangle him to turn three when I cast the Hargast. <laughs> um, I had my Rock Coven sitting on a piece of arcane terrain, and I and I got a sixteen to cast a Hargast. Yeah. And he just looked at me and went, oh, "I'm gonna use my auto deny." Yep. I went, ah, you son of a. Yep. Yeah, that's that's what happened. I mean, you, but I got to be honest with you. I'm not going to give away the goods right now because I want to get into your lists. But you know, you've uh, I, I, like I, magic is one of the things I think that you've done. You've kind of ramped that up with your Nurgle list. But but I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't, I don't want to get ahead of my skis with that one. But uh, but I'm a. We are here and later. Then, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to go um, into the the other armies. I yep. Round two. I was being rude. Sorry. Oh no, that's not a foul. Um, round two was ogres. And I just, I, for some reason, I just love playing against ogres. Like they're they're just a really cool army to see on the table, and just really fun to play against. Like, the, so was it more gutbuster related, or, or was it more stonehorn? Yeah, he had like two units of like gluttons, a reinforced unit of uh, iron guts, just one stonehorn. Uh, he even had some man eaters. Nice, nice, absolute beautiful army. Very cool. Uh, I'll, I'll have to send you pictures one time three. of my uh, my snogers. I did a, like an ice themed like uh, ogre army. I'll 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 send you some pics of that. Okay, so I'm I'm being really rude. Yeah, I'm interrupting you like an every. Oh, no, it's no time. problem. I'm, I'm starting an ogre <laughs> army too, and like because uh, I want to start start one on the side, and I I gotta start collecting box out of that there. Um, round three was kind of standard daughters of Cain, Marathi, fifteen bow snakes, and shadow stalkers. Uh, round four was night haunt, which is always interesting to see. Yeah. Not yeah. a lot of night haunt players. It's very uh, wound heavy. Had a lot of um, chain rasp. A total of I think sixty chain rasp in that list. Okay. So how? And then let me round ask you... five was the big. Oh, did you have a question? Nope, 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 nope. I, I do. I do after you're done though. Round five. Okay. Uh, round five is you know when you're walking in, you're three and one, and suddenly you get that one matchup where it's double maw crusher with iron jaws, and you go, oh gosh. This is what I was concerned with with this list. So, how did that one go? What happened? Uh, that was a nail biter. I actually almost called it. Um, he won part. He won a lot of the party. Like I think it was three, four, and five, which kept him in the game. And then we got so ahead at, by the top of five that I was actually like about to call it. We just started talking through because he was he got he was ahead by like six points, and. Um, and we were looking at it and mathing it out, and I was like, well, you know, I don't know. I don't think there's really any way to catch up. Um, 
but then we were looking at it and actually did have a win condition out, so we, we could plan it out, um, and I won by a single point. Nice job. So that was a nail-biter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know what? I, I love games like that, but yeah, I, I think it does knock a couple of years off your life with games like that. But let me go back to the Nighthaunt one, because that one really kind of captivated me. I love Nighthaunt. I, I don't know if it's... Uh, I, I love Irish lore and Irish mythology, and they really have captured the Irish lore and Irish mythology with that whole army. Um, so I'm really hoping, really, really hoping that the new Nighthaunt book is actually pretty good um, when, 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 when we do get that. Uh, how did that game go? Like, I'm curious, you know, how, how did that game go when you, when you played against an army? Did you completely just knock them off the table, or, or was it fairly competitive? Um, I played against Tom Lyons, and okay. I, like, it was tectonic interference. He knows the army very well. And he, he built the army as more of, I'm just going to grind you out and kind of win the battle of attrition because he had a big block of 30 chain ghast, 20 chain ghast, uh, spirit torments, two of the, the guardians that, you know, bringing back models with, with the spell. I yep. always forget the names of the, <laughs> the spell. And um, so there's a very, like, kind of grindy army. And when I looked at it, I, I, I had the choice of either going first or second, because I out-dropped them. And, you know, I figured, all right, if I go first, I'm not going to really accomplish anything. I'm just going to walk on the points, score my six points, you know, end my turn. Sure, sure. And I figured, you know, then what? He double turns me, and all he has to do is just walk up onto the objectives, because he has more bodies than me, score his six points, not even engage go to priority, then if you win priority, you know, it would be cool. He scores another six points, and we just play that game. Sure. So I, I gave him top of one to kind of force him to start putting bodies on the objectives and kind sure. of come into my spell range. Um, and, you know, we were looking at the board, and he decided that he just wanted to pull the trigger top of one and just get it going. So he threw the 30-chain rasp and the 20-chain rasp. He right in my face um he leveled up the black coach three times turn one <laughs> so wow. it went all up to level three and he charged that in um and then um, basically it was the hindenburg from there it was uh <laughs> he lost out of i think he killed about he killed one blight king from the one unit and then like two blight kings from one of my other units uh, but that was it for my death tolls he okay. lost 23 of his unit of 30 chain rasp. We had seven left at the end of the turn on there, that unit. I wiped his one unit of 20. Um, and then, you know, then it was my turn, bottom of one. And he's got a black coach in my face and blow abs free. And so I was able to, to mop up the black coach. And, you know, he's already lost about more than half his arm, about half his army. Sure. Sure. Turn one. So it, it from there, it just was. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, those sound like exciting games, and you know what? I mean, four and one at Adepticon is it, really there's there's that's extremely respectable. Respectable, 190 players. Um, you know what? And 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 you're headed to the big game. So I mean, uh, you know, congratulations to you on that. I mean, and and honestly, uh, uh, I, I hope that someday I get to throw dice against you, man. We we, we got to get a good game in and, and have some fun. Um, but Emma here later on the show, we're going to be, we're going to be getting into your Nurgle lists uh, that you have for us. And I think folks are, like I said before, at the top of the show, I think we're really going to enjoy um, 
uh, how you have formulated these lists because uh, for me, uh, you've, you, you've been successful with the Rotbringer Sorcerers. And I think that you've cracked the code here a little bit on Nurgle. And, and I think what uh, we're going to get into here later is, as I, as I said before, it's going to uh, uh, teach folks a little bit about uh, Nurgle that maybe uh, they hadn't thought about because you really are giving a lot of us a different way to look at it. But before we get there, man, here's, our, here's the famous question, man. Are you, uh, are you staying true? Are you sniffing glue? What's on your hobby table? What are you working on these days? Um, so currently on my hobby table, I've got, you know, still some more Nurgle on my table. I've got about 10,000 points that are painted and I'm just kind of at a point where I'm just kind of going through what don't I have painted for this army? There you go. And I'm just kind of doing that. So, Options. Um, I started painting a, a Lord of Afflictions cause I just, I don't have any painted or tabletop ready. Um, so I was like, well, let me just paint one up. There you go. Um, so I'll probably post that soon. Nice. Super fun model to paint. Um, yeah, and then I other than that, uh, flesh eater quartz. Oh, interesting. Okay, all right. I I love my flesh eater quartz. I have them converted up because they're they're so crazy that in my lore they think they're orcs and destruction. <laughs> so I, I've got them all converted up. So I'm working on uh, you know, a, a, a zombie dragon, and I've got the the throne from the Gobsprack kit, and, and so I'll have a king sitting on the little throne with the, the banners and big orc helmet that's awesome it, it's quite a, a different take on their they're thinking they're bretonians you know um no I'm, I'm working on my nurgle i finally i finally uh, I, I had them and, and didn't do anything with them and now i've got them again and i'm, I'm putting together a, a magoth rider list and and uh, i don't paint very well i I'm, I'm actually a pretty terrible painter but uh i, I give it my all so that's my uh that, that's my hobby implication right there that's that's what i'm uh i'm, I'm working on right now but um we do have something in the news. I thought that I wanted to run past you. It was something that was actually kind of broken uh, today, as far as you know. There were some images that were leaked. I don't know if you if you saw any of this um, earlier, but uh, this was the um, uh, well, the 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 Kron spine incarnate or whatever they 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 call this thing. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm hot and cold on this thing. You know, I'd like to hear your opinion on it. I mean, this is something that came out. I mean, it, it, it's going to be part of the big box set. Uh, the box set's going to be pretty expensive right now. It's the only way you can get this model if you're interested in it. I mean, uh, it's, it's a it's a half a unit, half an endless spell, uh, and it's it's tied to a character, and it's got some it's got some pretty enticing rules. I'm a little nervous about the 400 point price tag on it as far as getting it on the table. But but what say you? The little bit we currently know that we've been, we've been shown about this thing, this this crown spine incarnate. What do you think? Um, I have plenty, plenty of opinions on this thing. Oh, yeah, let's and, all right, go. Uh, oh, I think overall, like the, the short of it is I, I don't like it. Um, I think it adds a whole bunch of, you know, complex rules to the game for like, you know, for, you know, what's the, what's the real payoff? Yeah. Um, the, I, I'm happy the model you said itself, that. like... I, I think, you know, the community seems to be more of, I don't like this model. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a model that can be taken in any army, like, why would, like, just give me a, a standalone kit with tons of, you know, different customization options. Right. Instead of a model that just, if you insert it to any army, it just doesn't really look like it belongs anywhere. Yeah, I, I heard someone online refer to it as a Bionicles model. Uh, and, and I, I almost fell out of my chair laughing. Yeah, I mean, it's a behemoth. It's a unit. It's an endless spell. What the heck is it? It's 400 points. 
Um, I, I kind of feel like that, that even GW themselves were a little confused on, on, on what the heck to do with this thing. I mean, if it, you know, you have to bind it to a hero, at least from what I'm understanding, you have to bind it to a hero. And then if the hero dies, the, this incarnate thing runs wild and becomes crazy and goes all over the place. Uh, and but it, it does it though. Well, I think so. So <laughs> I think so. So with, with the current rule of it, it you, know, you take it as an enhancement. So it's not even like an endless spell. It's just that it, you treat it as a, a bottle in your your army so it's basically just having like another monster on the table that can't be killed in one turn it's basically got the basically a marathi that you can take in any army just because um, yeah it's gonna have two lives to it at you know at, at the minimum and you know with the way enhancements work currently uh, you have to bind this to a, a not unique hero because unique heroes can't take enhancements sure right Good so point. that I actually like, like, you know, so you're not going to be, you're not going to attach this to Archeon and be like, ha ha ha, try to kill Archeon first. Sure. Right. So I, I, but here's my question though. Like what happens when you lose, what do you think happens when you lose the bonded hero? I mean, you, so you... when you lose the bonded hero from what I have read on this, it, essentially the only thing that, that changes is it, it always has to charge. And then, you know, if it's got to charge one of your units, then so be it. It charges one of your units and fights your own stuff. But you still control it in the movement phases. So, okay. you know, it's still going to move 12 inches. That doesn't degrade at all. So it's still moving 12 inches, can fly, you can run it. So, oh, no, I lost my bonded hero. It's not in combat. So uh, I'm just going to spend a command point and just auto run this 18 to, you know, straight at my opponent and then just keep everything else outside of 12 of it and, yeah, you know, there, there's no drawback then because it's not going to attack me. Okay, yeah, because I, I was going to say because it, it could essentially attack your friendly units, right? Okay, all right. Yeah, but if it's uh, like if it's not within twelve of any of my units, then it's not going to charge them. So as long as if it's going to and if it's going to be within twelve of any of my units, as long as I have an enemy unit over there that I can charge with it, I can charge that enemy unit with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? I, yeah. Okay. I, I, th- I think I need to digest it a little bit because, I mean, this, this kind of dropped like about, oh, I don't know, an hour or so, hour and a half before we, we went live on the, on, on the air. So I kind of had a, a comic books, you know, briefing of it. Uh, but I, I will say this, you know, I, I did notice, uh, or I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Did you notice the aura size? Uh, you know, and, and it does grant a, a debuff inside of it. I mean, you get to reroll your charges. I think it's plus one to dispel and dispel or one or the other. I'm not really sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it buffs your if if the bonded heroes within the the R range, it gives them a bonus to casting the spelling and binding. Right. But it gives all other wizards a negative. Um, I I think the main thing with this is the units that are wholly within its aura can't retreat. That's a huge one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, that is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. I mean, okay, so so let, let's boil all the water out of the pot on this one. Four hundred points. Do you think? Do you think it's going to? You think? people are going to take it for 400 points with with the potentiality of all the ifs that it has attached to it i think 100 percent we're going to see this and the whole reason why is because this is a monster so okay. off, right yeah okay you know you've got armies like kragen overlords um you know potentially idneth deepkin you know we'll see how the new daughters of kane shake up night haunt you've got all these armies that really don't have availability to to monsters mm-hmm. and for them to be able to just hey here's a 400 point monster that you can take it moves 12 inches it can fly it can't get it killed in one combat round like 
sure. you're opening up battle tactics for monstrous takeover, for extra points for killing monsters. And because of the, the way I've interpret, interpreted these rules is um, since it's, you, it doesn't actually get slain, it's at the end of it's during the battle shock phase you roll. Right. Um, that means if it doesn't, if it's not actually slain, it's just removed from play. It correct. Then it doesn't give up a monster point. Uh, that that's why I'm reading it. That's why I'm reading it. But that that there'll probably be an FAQ attached to that. But that's why I'm reading it right now. So you're going to be able to deny your opponent those you know kill a monster points. So you know, yeah, and that, I you think know. we're at 100 see it. We saw plenty of lists you know in the last couple of months that were just like order lists that just allied in you know Storm Drake Guard for 340 points because you know like Karajan Overlords. Yeah. Now suddenly you've got bodies that can push something off an objective, whereas they're just a shooting army that don't have that ability. Right. Uh, you know that that's a good point. I mean, on, on the on the chat right now, we got uh, we got Darktron sixty nine. You know, yeah. Oh my God, he's going to be good. You know, you know. I, I, honestly, between between you and Emma, you may have, uh, have convinced me that there's something good here because I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the, the I guess the War Scroll or the, the the clip of the War Scroll right here. So it says. Uh, if I'm looking at this, he's got uh, from the start of it. He's got uh, eight claw attacks and three fang attacks. That's that's pretty good. Uh, and I know that the incarnate it starts what level two and it gains a level when you kill a monster. So he's going to be a torpedo for when you want to put him into something. Um, or I guess you can eat an endless spell. I keep forgetting about that one. So that's uh, that's not so bad. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, you know, I, I guess time will tell. You know, I, it, this seems either going to be something great or it's going to be a fad gone bad. Uh, I, that that's uh, I think I think we'll see it in the beginning. I think you're right, Emma. I think we're going to see it in the beginning quite a bit with lists. But I, I wonder, like, like we kind of talked about briefly before the show started, if it's going to get the the early Kragnos treatment, where it's going to be on it's going to be in everyone's list, and then they're going to realize, eh, that's a little too expensive, and he dies kind of quick, and then I don't know, I don't know about that, and then it's going to take a another book or something for it to be, or maybe the, maybe the GW learned the Kragnos lesson, and maybe this will be something good, <laughs> who knows? But uh, uh, we'll see. I, I hope it works out because I think anything that we can add into the game to give it another dimension or dynamics, I think is a good thing without offering too much more rules bloat. You know, believe me, trust me, you don't want to go back to 8th edition fantasy battles. No, you don't want to do that. <laughs> good stuff. Well, um, we're going to be right back, folks. We're going to be right back. We are going to be jumping into uh, Maggotkin of Nurgle with our awesome guest, Emma Mangles. We'll be right back. Hey gang, I want to thank you for being with us today on Grimdark Live. Thanks for being with us on tonight's show. But before we get into our main topic here on the show, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker and become a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, check out our podcast or blog sections, attend an upcoming event, or... Should you know that GrimdarkLive.com has some great products in our shop, t-shirts, hoodies, caps, dice, and a ton more, so get your swag on with Grimdark Live merch. Also, from GrimdarkLive.com, you can find us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms. We're constantly updating the website, so check it out for new stuff on the site. With all that said, we just want to thank you for being part of this show and being here with us tonight, here on Grimdark Live. Now, let's get to the main topic of the show. All right, Magakin of Nurgle. Uh, gang, with this topic tonight, uh, and, and, and for some of you folks that are just joining us, uh, I want to say our guest here uh, that's with us tonight has done some really awesome things 
uh, as of late with Nurgle, uh, from from going four and one with a with, at Adepticon to uh, going to the U.S. Open finale in New Mexico, and uh, here very soon. And really, uh, I'm going to say this again and again and again: cracking the code uh, on on using the Rotbringer Sorcerers, and and I believe driving Nurgle in a very interesting direction. Uh, Emma, let's get into this. So. To warm up here, before we, we, we get into the two lists that you, you know, that, that, that you really have to talk to us about, um, you and I had some conversations pertaining to this, to, to the list that we play, right? And uh, that, that generally turn up being different from lists that we actually take to tournaments. And that conversation got me thinking about methods that you use in preparing for games or tournaments. And, and with that said, I mean, you had mentioned that, that you had played more games with one particular list uh, than, than, than an actual list that you had played, say, at Adepticon or, say, any other tournament, uh, plug in any other tournament there with that, with that question. Is this your typical method for, for, for preparing for tournaments or, or list building, for that matter? I mean, how, how do you prep uh, for these kind of big games and, and for, for, for tournaments? You're an accomplished player. What are some things that you do? Um, I mean, a lot of these kind of unique or you know, odd lists just kind of come about of you know, me just enjoying something. Um, like last year, uh, I went to the boys and I took a dread star in (laughs) it was, it was just comical. A lot of people were like, why would you take a dread star in? Like, really? I I just really enjoyed it. And so I built a, what I thought was a pretty solid 1500 point list and I threw a brick in it. Uh, and that went four one. So, um, sometimes you just find something and you really enjoy playing it and nobody else is, is really running it and you just. You just play it casually, play it for fun, and you kind of look at okay, what can this do? Sure, sure. You know what? I, I it's it's a nice, relaxed attitude. It's a good way to go about it. I mean, um, I, I've talked to a lot of people that that are very regimented, and you kind of you kind of seem like you can kind of take a little bit more of a of a five thousand foot view of something and, and make it work. So that's that's actually kind of cool. Uh, you know, and, and maybe that's why you've had the success with the, with the list that we're going to be looking at here. So, but real quick, uh, but before we, we get to your lists, I've got a question on some honorable mention units in Maggotkin, uh, that, that maybe, you know, well, we know that they're not going to be in the list we're going to be talking about, but you had brought one up that, that is one of my personal favorites uh, that I'm actually going to be using, uh, in, in, in the army that I'm, I'm currently building my mortals army. Um, but what are your thoughts on the Glotkin? as a playable unit in, in the Magikin army, because I, 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 I haven't come across a unit, say like the Glotkin that has been so divisive as far as its opinions for either being in or out of a, out of an army. So let's, let's hear what you have to say. Glotkin, what are your thoughts? So my initial thoughts on the Glotkin was, wow, that is overpriced. Um, and then, you know, once you start actually like, playing it and putting on table and seeing what it can do um, in all of the games that I've had with it, it's it's been pretty great. Like, Glock can you know, really changes up the dynamic of your games where, you know, now you're, you know, bullying people off of objectives and able to say, you know what, this whole zone, 12 inches around him, is mine. And if you're going to come into it, then I'm going to push you away. Nice. Um, so it really kind of changes how your opponents have to kind of approach their games and, and think, well, if the Godkin's over there, do I just kind of abandon that that space of the board and just mm-hmm. go for all of the other objectives then? And, and, uh, I, I would imagine you find away. a lot of people avoiding the Glotkin, but I, I, liked, I like that you said that because um, I'd had some conversations recently about the Glotkin. Uh, and and I, I, I found it kind of strange. It was kind of a head scratcher. I kind of walked away going, man, that's 
that's some pretty divided opinions on the Glotkin. I personally love the model because I think the storyline of the, of the three brothers is is pretty great. And, and obviously, I, I, I like big, stompy monsters. But what about yourself? Any other honorable mentions you want to briefly talk about here real quick before you get into your lists that uh, – uh, that, may, that that are not in your list now, but anything that you would recommend to other players as far as uh, uh, putting them in your list or, or units that you particularly like? Uh, that are not in the list? Correct. That's that's tough. Um, I, I kind of have my, my favorites in the list. Oh, okay. All right. Um, you know, every, I think in, you know, the only thing that's not in the list I absolutely love is you know, your sloppity bile pipers, which everybody already loves them. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, probably the most summoned unit in, in, in the game, I would say, is old sloppity. Uh, they're, they're my they're my second okay. uh, summoned. Okay. Nurgling's your first, probably? I, I, when I played this list over the weekend, um, I only summoned a sloppity once, and that was in game five. Okay. All right. Uh, other than All that, right. it's just nurglings, nurglings, nurglings. There they you go. They're so point efficient. Get those, get those points. Um, I'd have to say, too, Lord of Afflictions for me is another honorable mention, uh, one that I really love. I mean, 8 out of 10 games here lately, you know, he's been the general of my armies. Uh, as an example, I mean, if you were to take a, a Drowned Men army, uh, you throw the the, the, the command yeah. trait overpowering stench and, and the, uh, you know, you take the, the, the split horn helm on him. Uh, uh, you know, that ability to take away enemy generals from, from giving commands and, and increasing a save to a... Uh, is, I'm sorry, disgustingly resilient to a, a four plus is, is really a no brainer for me. Um, you know, and I, I love the fly high ability that with, you know, you take him with some blight Lords. Uh, it, it's so valuable for, uh, you know, for an army that's rather slow, you know, which Nurgle is, I mean, to have, have that deep strike uh, alpha strike capability. I mean, I, I think uh, for me, uh, I, I really enjoy the Lord of Affliction. And like I say, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's funny when you talk about, nurgle and, and opinions it, it, it is kind of tough the more i think about it it's almost like you know chocolate or vanilla what's your choice you know <laughs> so which, right. which one are you gonna like yeah. you know gut rot Maybe is another one so many options in the book like uh i've been kind of trying to to make some plague drones work a little bit because uh, i just you know, think they're fun models and nobody really uses them but you know it's one that you need a lot of synergies for yeah um i've i've been able to to write like one list outside of a thricefold with Rodigus in it. Okay. Um, I haven't been overly impressed with it, but I want to kind of give it another shot on the table because um, I think there's pretty cool combo you can do with him. Yeah, I think a good ally unit in maybe would be Bellicor, you know, especially if you want to go like uh, flies and Bellicor. I think that would probably be pretty cool if you can do something like that. If if you yeah, had I if you had the guts to paint that many flies. <laughs> I think somebody actually recently did that this year, ran a bunch of flies at Bellacor. Really? But, um, okay. I, you know what? Something tells me I think I've seen lists similar to that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I would do it if, if I if I wasn't – if I knew that I wasn't going to wimp out from having to paint that many flies. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, because of my Beast of Chaos uh, love, I, I, I love ambushing and deep striking. You know, I, I, I've, I, that's always been a trait of the Beast of Chaos or Beastmen back in fantasy battles uh, that they were known. Um and uh, I've always enjoyed that. So, I mean, you know, if I can take even Gut Rot with a Deep Strike ability, you know, or, you know, the Fly High ability with uh, with a Lord of uh, Afflictions with some Pusco Blight Lords, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to try to uh, be all over that. Uh, but enough of that. Are you, are you ready to get into your first list? Sure. All right. So here we are, man. We're going to talk about the Rot Coven list uh, here first. And um, uh, this is the first of the two lists that we're going to be discussing tonight. And, uh, and this is the list that's led by your Great Unclean One. 
Uh, Subfaction is uh, the Filth Bringers, and uh, the grand strategy is Prize Sorcery. So, Emma, take us through the list. So this was the first iteration um, when I got the book. My first reaction with the Nurgle book was, well, it seems like there's a lot of power put behind the disease, you know, being able to put mortal wounds out every battle shock phase. So my first instinct with the book was actually, how do I start getting that disease rolling on people? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, you know, within 24 hours of looking at the book, I was already working on this list, which was, um, you know, if I want to th- put a whole bunch of disease out, how am I going to accomplish that? So yeah. rock coven, you know, throw out, get, they've got get the disease, plague squall from the lures, so you can really spread the disease out. Um, the ability to use endless spells to really spread the disease even further. And then I figured, all right, what else What else do I need? What's going to combo well with that? So my first instinct was, from there, was the Wither Stave. So that's a the must. Nurgle Demon Artifact, yep. Yep. Which, you know, anything within seven, you're adding one to disease rolls. So I figured, all right, got to put that in. Who's it going to go on? Because there's not a whole lot of options in that book for Nurgle Demons. True. They're either on a really tiny base, like a 32 mil for a Sloppity Bile Piper, or a 40 for a Scrivener, which, like, I'm not too big on Scriveners in list. Yeah. Um, I hear you. So the only other option was really that, that Guo. Okay. And I'll be honest so with you. You're I great figured... on... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I just I just figured uh, the Wither Save on a nice, big, fat 130 base big pie plate man be a, a lot of yeah i mean and you're great on clean one it is it, it's kitted out exactly how i would play this unit i mean the wither stave is a must like i just said and i think i think the interesting point that i want to make here is i was looking at this list uh and and the magic the ma- i mean honestly i'm, I'm okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out ahead of it and i'm gonna say it right now what i love one of the things one of the the, the few the many things i love about your list is that you you actually have uh nurgle's arch enemy kind of essence you've got zeech tied tied into this heavy magic but it's a heavy controlled magic. Um, but 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 when I was looking at your great unclean one, the interesting variation uh, that, that I've seen in the meta regarding the great unclean one uh, is either taking it with the bell, as you have, the way that I would probably prefer it because I want to get as many points as I possibly can, or the combat monster version with the bile sword and the flail and taking the spell flaming weapon and putting them out there. But I kind of like the um, the 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 the. The bait, kind of, I can almost picture the way your games probably look. There's probably a lot of del- double envelopment, drawing your opponent in. I kind of, I kind of like the way you, you you have that set up, and, and your heroes, you know, with with uh, you know, obviously your three rot, Rotbringer sorcerers. We're going to get into that because that's really the what you're known for now. I mean, that, that's what you're known for now. And Blowab, you got to love Blowab. But the, the 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 amount of magic that you have in this list. I mean, you you you've got the great unclean ways. You're going to cast two. You got Blowabs. You're going to cast one. And then you got your three Rotbringer sorcerers that that have a lot to offer. So, uh, kind of keep keep telling us the tale of your of your heroes here in this list because it's good stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, I kid about with the bell just because I wanted to really get the the summoning points more. Um, you know, I was just going into a you know, how do I just play like that kind of like. If I'm playing World of Warcraft, I'm playing an Affliction Warlock, how do I just rot my opponents down as quick as, you know, right. effectively as possible? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to bring in the bell to just ramp up the summoning points a little bit more so I can get more bodies on the table and just bog down my opponents. Right. Um, you know, that was the whole initial thought process behind, you know, this is the very first Rock Coven list I wrote. And, you know, you, you touched on Blowab. I think it's one of the best units in the entire book. So, 
you know, that had to go in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, at that time I wasn't you know, sold that I needed a Master of Magic, so I put the Nurgling Infestation on the Guo, so we just really oh. resilient. Well, that's a pretty good choice too, though. I mean, I, I think either one could work, but I, I got to say, if I can touch on Bloab again one more time, I think the Gift of Disease on Bloab is got to be the best spell. If there's ever a spell that fits perfectly with a particular, you know, hero or unit or however you want to call it, I think Gift of Disease does it. I mean, you got a 21-inch range. It's it's a 6-plus to cast, so it's not that damn Las Vegas parlor trick 7 uh, to cast. I mean, 6-plus to cast is pretty good. And, and overall, especially with, with, with compounding the disease points, because that's the whole, your whole list, you ought to change the name of this list to Chemical Warfare, because it's just... This, this compounding disease thing. But, you know, one thing that, again, I'm going to go back to what I was doing when I was looking at your list just for this conversation is um, I think the way you have Bloab kitted out is is, is better than, than what I was originally doing. What I was originally doing with my own Bloab, uh, Rotspawn, was uh, Cloying uh, Quagmire. Now, I, 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 I like that spell. It's not nearly the range as um, Gifted Disease. It's only as a range of 14 inches, but... It, it, it does have a better casting of 5+. Um, and, and what I've always liked about this spell is that it, it levels the playing field with, with Nurgle's lack of movement by, by limiting the enemy's movement. And we're seeing that a lot in the game now. You know, half his movement, half the charge, half this, and, you know, prevent that. And, and so I think we're seeing that a lot more. But when I really look at the way you have Bloab kitted out, um, because I, I, think, I think Gift of Disease, the way you have it, that's, that, that's a perfect spell to match to Bloab, personally. And, like, the thing with Bloab, too, is his Worst Girl spell is just so good mm-hmm. that if you're ever within 14 of anything, like, there's just, there's no other thing in the, in the game that you want to cast other than his Worst Girl spell at that right. point. Right. It's it's just absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. With this list, I've actually killed a Maw Crusher in one turn. I've killed Mega Gargants in one turn. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. And I love to hear that because... But again, I you know what what and, and again we're, we're about to get into the secret sauce of this list. I mean, what what we kind of put you on the map, and that's your three Rotbringer sorcerers. And um, but I mean, when when you look at what this list can do, you you've actually reversed the concept, in my opinion, of lists in in this tabletop game. You're going first with your innate abilities before you're going first with your standard abilities. Does that make sense? You're, you're hitting people with <laughs> with the disease almost, the chemical warfare first, before you're hitting them with anything of spells or melee or anything. So it's clever. It's clever the way you have this. But take us through your three rot bringers. So this was the the initial kind of kit that I had on them. And like you know, this list was, was performing okay when I had it on the tables. Like it was winning... Like I was winning games with it, but it just wasn't hitting that level where I was completely happy with it. And um, it was essentially in you know the way I kitted these sorcerers. Okay. So you know, I, I think if you're running Rock Coven, you know, why not take an Arcane Tome? Because sure. one of them's going to get plus three cast, mm-hmm. and if you got a plus three cast, throw two spells out. Sure. Yeah. Heck so. Yeah. That's where I kind of stumbled with with the, my list design for for a while, where the, I was so kind of laser focused on having that wither stave in there, that I was always taking that artifact enhancement. Um, yeah, yeah. So okay, I can see that. I can see that. That's a good point. Um, good. So when like, 
so um you know having the having the rock coven you know they have they've got they've each got a great spell um the issue was you know if your endless spells are still on the table at the start of your hero phase they are they can be really easy to dispel and so if you don't have those endless spells available to then cast that turn you kind of start running a little you know out of steam a little bit so i had games where sometimes one of these rockbringer sorcerers just didn't have anything to cast like you know, maybe you know maybe they're out of line of sight or something out of range or just you know i, I just they're running out of steam but but with uh, the power of this list that's almost a good problem to have <laughs> it can be it can be I mean, I like I like how you have your first Rotbringer Sorcerer kind of, I'm, I'm going to call him supercharged by giving him the Arcane Tome. Um, you know, I, I mean, besides Gift of Disease, uh, what other spell uh, do you generally cast with this one? I mean, what, what's your what's your second go-to uh, with, with, with this Sorcerer? Um, so that, that would depend on the matchup with the Endless Spell cast. Um, okay. Whether I, I want to project the shards out there or, you know, if I need to get the hard gassed out, like if somebody's got a horde army and I've got the setup to, to do a lot of damage into it, you know, maybe that hard gas is what I need out there to just make sure that that unit is gone at the end of the turn. Okay. Uh, All right. I, I, I like where you put that. The endless spells yet. Oh no, we're we're gonna get we're gonna get into the endless spells here. Soon we go through your some of the other units, but I want to finish up here with your uh, with with your with your Rotbringer sorcerers because uh, uh, I mean this is good stuff. So, and the reason why I asked you about your supercharged one is because um, I kind of felt that that's what you were doing. Like you were going to maybe hold a couple of rounds back in the chamber for for if you had to get that uh, that uh, that endless spell off or something like that. Um, but the other two rot bringers, you know, you're, you're playing them uh, with the spells uh, Magnificent uh, uh, Bubos and Plague Squall. So, what I loved about this combination here, the the balance that you kind of inter inter interwound in this, and I thought maybe you could talk to the uh, us a little bit about that is uh, so the Rotbringer with with Plague Squall coupled with Rancid Visitations on Bloab plus the Great Unclean One Gift of Disease or say the other you know uh, Rotbringer Gift of Disease you're really maximizing your ability to get those disease points I mean and that's what that's the first thing I queued in on you're you're I mean you want to talk about going atomic with those disease points that's good stuff. I mean, it, it's it seems like you're you're really going for a very methodical breakdown of your opponent's army, and that's why I said you're really leading with the innate stuff, which is unheard of. You don't see people doing that, and I, I like the balance that you have with the uh, uh, magnificent Bubos on the third Rotbringer Sorcerer, as it as it, 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 it it's relatively like um, uh, coying uh, coying uh, quagmire, but but more targeted towards enemy heroes. So I I, I got to be honest with you. You know, I, I love what you've done there. Is you, you've you've interwoven it, and I think I think that's great balance in your list. Was that your initial plan, or did it just work out that way? Uh, no, the, I was I was very deliberate in how I put those spells on there because I think gift disease is one of the best spells if you, if, especially if you're trying to go for that rot approach, because you're being you can just hit so many units with disease. So I was like, I know I want that one on the plus three to cast one, so that one's going to have the arcane tome. And then for the other two sorcerers. What are what are the two spells I want? Uh, Magnificent Bubos, I absolutely love that spell. Yeah. You know, to be able to just give something like a Maw Crusher or something minus one to hit, <laughs> yeah, it's huge. You know, from twenty one inches away is is a pretty far range. Yeah. Um, 
and then you know in a list that is designed to just spread disease to have that option to plague squall so you can hit something you know out, all the way on the other side of the battlefield um and it, it basically functions like a little flow chart where it's um is there you know for those other two sorcerers if you've got one on the spell left to cast or it's the hard gas or the shards you know you, you look and you say do I have something within 21 inches of that one of Magnificent Bubos that I want to put minus one to hit on? Sure. If there is, you cast that, and then with the Plague Skull one, you throw out your endless spell. Okay. Um, if if it's the other way around, and there's just really nothing in range for that Magnificent Bubos to go off, use him to just throw out an endless spell, and then try to sling it out and get some disease somewhere, and then the other one can just Plague Squall and just, you know, try to launch a disease somewhere. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, roll a six. I'm not very good at it. Um mm. Not many of us are, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I love the balance in that. And I, and I think that's, um, when I say you cracked the code on that, well, obviously you did because a, I barely see any sorcerers, Rotbringer sorcerers on the table, much less three of them. So, but you watch, I, I think you may have, um, you may have set the table for a lot of people taking, uh, the, the old Molary and Curly there, the old, uh, Rotbringers, but let's get into your units now because, uh, um, you're, you're, you know, you've got a very well, uh, set up Nurgle unit. I mean, you got three units of, of plague bears. You got one unit of 20 and two units of 10. Um, I've always liked this version of plague bears. I mean, you got a six plus save, uh, five plus disgusting resilient, two wounds. Um, and with cloud of flies, they're really very good at, at, I would like to say blocking or tar pit kind of units in, in, in my opinion, because uh, of, of, of just that in itself at, you know, especially, you know, top of turn one, top of turn two kind of a thing. Um, and then of course your, 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 your beloved man, your one unit of Nurglings, you got them in there, but so, so talk to me, how do you use those particular units, those four units in game? So um, with this kind of particular list, I was running very heavy on plague bearers for the battle line uh, to just kind of bog things down, slow it down. So that way I can grind people with disease. Right. And you know, if you're going to run a great and clean one, fleshy abundance and you have to run at least two units of plague bears because you want at least two things two different options you know otherwise a mall crusher just pops a destroyer axe and just deletes a unit of plague bears yes. now you've got fleshy abundance for who right um, right so Good i really point. liked having multiple choices there you know and they're, they're the cheapest battle line you can take in filth bringers because mm-hmm. your only battle line choices are plague bears or blight kings that's uh, it yeah yeah you know, yeah. Your beast of Nurgle locked behind the Fowling Host, and if you're taking Filthbringers, um, you know you could take a Lord Afflictions as your general, but then you're know, you're missing out on things like Master of Magic, which I found that like I liked it better than having a Guo with minus one a hit. Sure. Um, so in my list revision, you'll see that. But okay. Um, you know, other than that, like, and if you're gonna take a Lord Afflictions, you're only unlocking a 220 point battle line option of Puscoils. Oh, yeah. that's a good point. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, you know, but I, I, I love the way that you have the big, the big fat chunk of plague bears, and then the two kind of like come and get me kind of plague bear units. You know, the, 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 the ten, the ten uh, demon unit. Uh, but of course, you got your Nurglings. I mean, these little buggers you know based off what we they just said are, they they may be the best utility piece unit wise in the army oh, so they're amazing for 105 points you have 12 wounds on a five up word that if you're not you know getting four wounds through every you know on them in a turn then <laughs> you know they're just healing back up yeah like yeah endless and, swarms 
you know, to be able to just throw something in the back corner, you know, behind somebody sure. you know, nine inches from them, I'm starting to get more contagion points, so more summoning points a turn. So those nerglings, like if you get them in somebody's territory, turn one, yeah, you can effectively drop a new unit of nerglings, turn two, turn three, turn four, turn five, mm-hmm. and you're just flooding the table with more nerglings. Yeah, um, and they hold up against so many units so well, like. Uh, I had them grinding down a unit of just 10 chain rasp, but they couldn't even put a dent in them. I was just killing off chain rasp with them. Um, I charged them into like um, some of the ogre heroes, like the slaughter masters. And they, you know, they've just kind of grinded them down with just applying disease and then mortal wounds are ticking. So they are very effective. Like I've killed, you know, pigs before out of Gorgrana units with them. Just, they're really, really effective for 105 points. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, between hidden infestations and and their healing through endless swarms, I mean, they're really they're gold. I, they they are they're gold, and and they've really grown on me. Um, the, the more I've I've seen them used, the more I've used them. Uh, I love them, and and so so really, your play on these little buggers is you've got your unit right. You've got your one unit of nurglings in this list that you put on the table, but. You know, on average, you just you mentioned something pretty pretty interesting that you're you usually bringing you know you're summoning more and more on as the game goes on by by the second and third battle. How many units do you think you summon on into a game, uh, in in a typical game, nurgling wise? Um, so with a Filthbringer list, you're getting effectively five summoning turn one because you've got stuff wholly within your territory. Usually, don't ever have any opponents models in your territory, and then one from the tree. So you already got five in the bank. If you're able to put the Nurglings wholly within your opponent's territory, then on turn two, you're getting an additional three points. So that's eight right there. So they just, at turn two, just pays for itself. And if you have something that's in your territory now and you're only generating seven, well, you already have five in the bank from turn one. So as long as you have Nurglings in your opponent's territory all game, that means turn two, turn three, turn four, turn five, you can summon another unit of nerglings you're getting four nergling summons throughout the course of the game <laughs> that's just that's that's so awesome and terrible all at the same time that is great and 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 so again you're 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 really buggering up what your opponent is not able to do and trying to do that's what's so great about this but i mean you 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 round it around here with your with your Two endless spells. I mean, you finally round out the list with your two endless spells here. You got the Horogast and the Shards of uh, Valagar, and I always pronounce that wrong, so I'm going to continue doing that. Uh, but but take us through a little bit of your thought process between between these uh, these two endless spells, because I think I know where you're going to go, but I, w- I want to hear it. Well, the, the Horogast is such a um, kind of underrated one, but the, the first kind of thought process I had was, I want to spread disease, and I want to do it as quickly and fast. And yes, you as do. <laughs> so, yeah. So the Hargast is set up within 12, and it moves 8. So effectively, the turn I bring it out, it's already moving 20 inches, and then applies disease within 3 of that. So that's already 23 inches away. I'm applying disease with it. The okay. Shards of uh, Valagar is set up within 18, and then uh, at the end of the hero phase, like, it's two big 105 mil bases. Mm-hmm. So they, they take up a lot of board space. And you pick up one of them, and you set up wholly within 12 of the other piece. So that can effectively go up to 30 inches, and then everything within three of that is getting disease. 
Wow. So yeah, you can project disease 33 inches, not just one disease, but two disease, because your end of movement phase and end of combat phase. Wow. So on average, that's a on average, it's a mortal wound to everything. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> And, and, and let me let me kind of back up here because I want to try to catch up to this one. So the shards, right? The shards of of, of Alagar. This isn't that the one that um, uh, that limits your opponent's movement as well. So it's when, when after it moves, you draw a straight line, and anything that crosses that straight line is have movement and cannot fly. But it only lasts till the end of the turn. Okay. So okay. It's, that's it's what not I thought. Like, okay. Yeah. So the turn it goes out, it's like really does nothing sure uh but it, it makes your opponents really panic because then it's like oh no wait it's the start of my hero phase i have to now burn a spell because i have to get rid of the shards so you know i i had my um my round five opponent was playing iron jaws he had a, a shaman who never got to cast any of his spells all game because he kept having to dispel the shards or the hargast every single time it was his hero phase that like one of those things was out yeah, yeah, and I do like the 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 horror guest. If I could just comment on that one real quick, uh, it's interesting to me. It's an interesting addition to the army. It it it, it summons rather well at at what is it six plus I believe it is. Uh, yeah. But units within twelve inches can't receive any commands in 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 the battle shock phase, right? Or is it? Yeah, it's battle shock. It's it's battle shock. Yeah, and isn't it? You can add D three to the number of models that flee from from yep. the affected unit so i mean you're you know you know what's weird is it's almost like a it's almost like a a, a goofy version of your disease points which are what you're already causing your uh you're already causing your you're, you're killing off more and more of your opponent's you, you know units of your models and your opponent's unit by doing so and and you know really you're as i as the point i'm trying to make is you're you're building on the innate damage already caused by the disease count and i think that's brilliant i, I think that's brilliant the way that you have the horror gas tied into that probably more so i would say that if you had to pick between the two, I'd probably stick with the Horogast. I think that's more valuable. But I like I like the fact that you can almost use the shards as a way to herd your 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 uh, your opponent's units if you want. You know, almost like a la the old okay. uh, Jabber Slight used to be able to do. And, and that's the other thing with the endless spells is like they have their own things that they do. They spread disease for you, but you can also use them to deny board space. Like, True. Um, I've used the Horogast in one of my games to to deny where you know i knew he was going to move his pigs to a certain position to charge my blight kings so the only reasonable spot that he could really move his one maw crusher was to a certain spot um and so i was just like all right i'm just gonna move my hard gas there at the end of the hero phase and you know effectively denied you a maw crusher charge this turn got it um, yeah and a lot of games i use the shards to deny battle tactics um Against it was game two against ogres where um, I had I think it was just three blight kings left and the shards were still on the table and orgots was about three inches to my left of the blight kings and then the blight kings like two inches over to their right was the plague bearers and there was a unit of iron guts that he wanted to charge in there was a unit of gluttons that he wanted to charge into them so what I did and he chose the blight kings for broken ranks. So what I did was, and since they were, since the shards were still on the table, and the hero phase, I picked the one up and I was able to put it right in front of the blight kings. So now there wasn't really <laughs> much room. So on the side with the iron guts, there was really only enough space that you could fit like one iron gut into them. Yeah. And then when you move the gluttons up, I used orgots because he gives a free command point a turn, so it's like free money. Yeah, um, right. And I rolled a redeploy and I got 
you know, I was able to move them three inches, put them in base with my Blight Kings, and now there's only space for one Glutton to get on the other side. So one Glutton or like one Iron Gut swing on the other side? It, Nothing. It doesn't It doesn't do enough to get through yeah. three Blight Kings who I just all out the fence them. Yeah. Yeah, well, at that point, that's 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 peanuts. That's nothing. But, um, well, good stuff on, on that first list. Before we get to your second list, we had somebody that uh, – I, I got to ask you this question that came in in the chats. You can add Epidemus uh, will be good, too. What are your thoughts on Epidemus? We forgot to bring him up earlier. I, I think he is uh, an absolute trap. Um, Aha, the, okay, do tell. Like, the, the ability to just get some rerolls is very enticing. But it's 145 points, and that's all he brings to the table. Like, he doesn't do anything else. He's not a wizard. He doesn't buff any of your pieces. Like, to just just give you some rerolls, it just like I I need more out of out of a, a model, especially okay. when there's like I think when we get to the next list, I'll I'll, I'll talk about you know where Epidemius could kind of fit in, but where I went with him instead. Okay, all right. Well, let's 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 do that then. Let's get to the next list here. So, um, here it is. We got the Magath filth list and yes it is filled with magoth filth and i, and I love it um so this is the second of the two lists that we're going to be discussing tonight and uh this list um that in my opinion and again this is this is one just i'm just a a schlub that does a goofy show and i'm a half-assed player this is my opinion though i think it's quite an advancement on the first one in 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 a couple of different ways but but emma i got a question for you talk to us on why so many changes from your first list to this one how did we get? How did we get from there to this? Um, so, effect basically after playing that original list for a while, just you know, just kind of casual games, and, and you know, I, I found a bunch of weaknesses. Um, one was, you know, I, I touched on before, which was kind of running out of out of some gas with those rock, with that rock coven. Sure, where it's you don't always have things to cast. Right, um, and then. Another thing was there wasn't enough real, like, actual raw damage output when you needed it because it was just a gray and clean one and blow up in that original list. Sure. Yeah. Uh, right. Everything else was bogging people down. And the gray and clean one doesn't really do a whole lot because with that kit, he only had rend one on all of his attacks, which in this game now, rend one is, is nothing. Yeah. It doesn't really do a whole lot. Um, so those were like the two big things that I was really solving for was how do I get some more damage in this list? Sure. And how do I ensure that I always have things to do? Okay. All right. Now I understand what you, what you were referring to before, as far as running out of uh, spell gas, if you will, uh, from the first list. But I mean, you've got the three rock coven back in this list. Uh, and, and I like the rock coven build once again. Uh, and, and, and I'll reference this again. You did, you got your supercharged uh, one as your general this time. Um, so, uh, but you got a new hero in there, so kind of walk us through uh, your your heroes on this one, and, and kind of the concept behind that. So what I did was, uh, you know, effectively I said, all right, let me drop the gray unclean one. You know, it's four hundred ninety five points. I was very underwhelmed with him in the list. Like it was basically just for the wither save aura, and so I was like, is it really worth it? Like, mm, probably not. So what 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 happens if I just drop the wither save? Don't need to go anymore. So I've got four hundred ninety five points already that I can fill with something else. Sure. And I want something that can actually hit hard. So Orgots was the go to. Three hundred points. 
or just a pure melee powerhouse that mm -hmm. also gives you free command point every single turn right. for something holier than 18 because he's Warmaster. Yep. So that brought a ton of utility right there. Um, since I didn't have the Wither Stave anymore, it freed up uh, an, an extra enhancement for me. So uh, spell enhancement. So I'm able to take a second spell on all of my wizards. It doesn't give them an extra cast, but it gives them an extra op um, you know, sp spell that they know, so that way I have more options. I got you. Uh, all right. So you'll see a lot of, like, I, I doubled up on a lot of spells. Some of it's for kind of redundancy. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and it's just to have a lot of options. Like, Bloab, um, this is the, the first time you see that I'm putting Rancid Visitations on something. Mm -hmm. I have yet to cast Rancid Visitations in any game whatsoever. Yeah. Um, it, But having that extra spell option gives him, you know, another tool in his kit so like if i played against soul blade grave lords probably be amazing if he sure. ends up like in a big oh, yeah. pile of zombies like mm -hmm. yeah i would pop it then but mm -hmm. against anything else like i said before his default war scroll spell is just so good yeah and i think uh, if you ever did uh, end up getting visitations off you know uh, i i think it'd be so explosive and, and so great on on the table uh for sure um but yeah you know it, it it is it is it's not the easiest thing in the world to to, to get off but you know what I, you know what i love uh, by the way, if you ever get a chance, uh, they're, they're really kooky and they're not they're not the best well uh, done videos. But we did some Nurgle Novembers uh, back in the day when they were introducing Nurgle. And we did a great one on Festus, I, one I'm very proud of. I love that you have Festus in your list. And I got to be honest with you, Festus in, 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 in some circles is is, uh, is is looked at very highly. I love it. I love the lore about Festus. Uh, I love to see him in this list. Um but but talk a little bit about Festus. How is he? How is how has Festus treated you? Has it been Festivus for everybody? I absolutely love Festus. Yes. I think he is amazing. So yeah. um, since you since I lost the Guo, I didn't have that Locus of Fecundity anymore. So for 155 point for 150 points, I've got the D3 healed everything within 14. Yep. Starting here phase again. Yep. Um, I also have a two up. I can heal something D3 wounds, which. I played against Marathi Bow Snakes. They shot my Orgots turn one. Um, got him down to like they put like six or seven wounds on him. And you know, started my started my turn. I was like, cool. I healed D three from uh, disgustingly resilient. From two up. Yep. I healed another D three from Festus. Um, this is all started hero phase. He still has like a one wound left. I don't need the command points. Heroic recovery. I'm back to full health. I healed three D three on Orgots <laughs> with him. I love that. I love that. And, and, you know, honestly, I've always felt Festus is an auto include. Um, but I, but I will say this, and I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kicking him in the shin here, but I will say this. I've noticed and others have stated that his, his base spell, right? The, the leech Lord's curse is great, but the cast of a seven plus does make it difficult. And, and a lot of folks are passing on Festus because of that, which I think is, I think is stupid personally. Um, and, and it's good to see the professor in your list. Uh, and, and he's one of my favorite, uh, not only from a lore standpoint, but, uh, like, as I said, as a unique character, I don't play a lot of unique characters, but he's one that I play often. And, um, so, I mean, you know, I mean, you just explained why blades of putrefaction, uh, uh putrefaction, uh, couldn't get, could that word out and, and plague squall, uh, on Festus. But I mean, he's, he's really good to tuck behind that unit of, Light Kings. He's really good to have in that area where you can uh, negatively impact your opponent's units as well. So I, I, I think, I think, and again, the, he's he's priced right uh, to have in your list. And 
what what I would do with them in my games too is I would always deploy them within an inch of kind of orgots. So I don't Smart. um that way, like because I always kept him and Bloab deployed separately. So my deployment was always to keep Bloab within fourteen of Festus. So that way I have the D three heal at the start of my hero phase from the Locus Fecundity. But to basically use Festus's innate spell and Bloab's innate spell, they each have a fourteen inch range. So now I'm getting my full coverage on my whole deployment. So no matter where you come into me, I have a spell that if I get off on you, your your, your unit's gonna melt because when that spell does go off, I got it off on, on some pretty juicy targets, and you know that effectively puts your Blight Kings at Ren two. Your Magathords go to Ren two and Ren three. Oh, like, love you, you've it! You've got you've got you know four units in this list that if you get an extra rend on something, it's it's gonna hit you hard. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? And, and I love to, to round out the hero base. You got Bloab back in the list, and yeah, man, Orgot's Demon Spew, three hundred points of just a tank. Um, and and you know, honestly, you can't go wrong with these two Magath Riders. I really wish Morbidex was a little bit better, but for three hundred and twenty points, for just the fact that he can heal pretty well, I don't know, knock him down twenty points. We may we may we may have something to talk about, but I mean, he's not nearly the the beat stick that Orgot's is. I think Orgot's and 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 Bloab are, are auto includes. Um, but, uh, obviously you got Bloab in there, but well, are you using Bloab any differently in this list than say in the other one? I mean, obviously there's going to be some differences, but I mean, is it, uh, is it a stark difference or is your tactical price with them still pretty much the same? I mean, it's, I think it's still the same, really. It's, you know, you, you've got him there for his ability to, to score some extra you know, points through battle tactics if mm-hmm. you need. Um, but I, I, what I mostly do is... Um, especially with this list uh, and all my deployments is the Blight Kings kind of on the sides, Plague Bearers towards the middle. So my Blight King, and then right behind the Blight Kings was my Magus Lords. Okay. So, you know, if you want to engage with the Blight Kings, you're going to get the Magus Lords. And, you know, if you're going to put something towards the center, which in all of the tables that I played on over the weekend with this list had a piece of terrain that was like right in the center of my deployment. Yeah, you're seeing that a lot now, yeah. So, yeah, so it really like I had to basically had to split my army in kind of two, mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of like the game plan there, where I'd have to, them split, and you know talk about it where if I've got Bloab on one side, I want Festus on the other, so that way I, I'm projecting you know that that heavy hitting spell on the side I need to, and it's also a great deterrent you know, to to have there. It's if you're gonna send something in, there's a chance it could just Oh yeah, and oh, while yeah. Festus's spell, his War Scroll spell, it's a seven. It can be tough to get off. Um, he's bringing more to the table, and that was why I don't like Epidemius because, like, he just has one little gimmick that you're not always going to use. So if you're not using the reroll for Epidemius, what is he doing for you? Um, if Festus doesn't get his spell off, I'm still getting some other utility out of him where I can where I'm getting some heals. Sure. That's you know that's that's a great way to look at it. That's a clever way to look at it. I mean, it's really just about a balance of the better of the two. It's not necessarily saying that Epidemus is terrible, but you're saying, you know, not only for your playstyle but also for a utility piece. Uh, you know, Festus might be a better tool. Um, but I will say this: Orgots. I'm going to go back to that guy. Uh, Orgots Demon Spew. I mean, his 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 command ability, uh, Lord of Nurgle, in an army like this where you could put out a, a you know a, a, a command to a friendly Magikin unit for using zero CP. That's huge. And again, I'll go back to being the fact that he hits like a Mack truck. 
you know, you, you put them into anything that you want to evaporate or anything that's been dwindled down due to, you know, uh, the, 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 the chemical warfare we've been talking about, your disease points, your disease buildup on this, on this army to your enemies, he's going to, uh, you know, eliminate whatever's in front of him. And that's what I think is so beautiful about Orgots because he, he literally is the hammer to, you know, the whole, the entire anvil that this army is, <laughs> you know, I mean, and especially I'm sure, but the way that you use them, is that kind of what you use them for? You put, you put them into something that's already been softened up or something you want held up. Uh, pretty much. Yep. He's, he's basically there for, all right, I, I want to delete that unit or at least put a hurting on it. So sure. Um, you know, that's, that's when you kind of set them out, but like his actual, combat profile it's not that different from blowab when you actually look at it which is why i think you know i spoke about blowab earlier being just one of the best units in the whole book because those mount attacks you still have five attacks that are threes and twos ren two three damage so those those mount profiles are the same on both of them and then it's really just orgots gets like four extra attacks that are ren one two damage Mm -hmm. you know over blowab but blowab has such that utility where it's start a combat phase and start every enemy shooting phase on a four up and you know your units within seven are taking a mortal wound and are getting minus one to hit right he's got that that's something there that a lot of people like don't really uh, account for enough um, when they're facing this mm-hmm. and you know if you've got that within if, if you keep blowab close enough to the blight kings because i always kept it so that way um he was close enough that if you charge the Blight Kings, you're going to have blow up in combat. Mm-hmm. And the amount of times you're able to just get a four up and that, so they're minus one to hit and have the roar on top of that. So now you can't benefit from a command point. Mm-hmm. So you've just charged something in. It's now minus one to hit. And, and you know, good luck getting through some Blight Kings. Oh, yeah. by the way, I'm going to issue a free command with Orgots. So there's Blight Kings are now plus one to save on top of that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great that's a great way to break that down. And I will say this: I love a fighty wizard. I mean, I, I was as I said, I was an ogre player. I love my butcher, not so much a slaughtermaster because he always pulled something terrible out of his pot when I didn't need it. But you know, fighty wizards. And and here you've got you got Bloab. That's probably probably the best fighty wizard in the game. I would think maybe. Yeah, I think all around, in, in, in my opinion. But, you know, speaking of those Blight Kings, man, that's what you got is your units. Let, let's kind of talk a little bit about your units here in the second list because um, you got your Blight Kings, of course, of course, you know, and you got them wrapped up in the Hunters of the Heartland, um, you know, they're giving them that a little extra blanket of, uh, of, of coverage. And um, is this army build uh, – let me ask you a question about it. I'm, I'm looking at this, this, this list right now, and I'm, I, this just popped in my brain. Is 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 this army build where you're going to make your opponent pay for hitting or killing your blight kings? You know where, where they explode every time uh, and, and every 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 time one dies or something like that. Is that this list or is that is that only in Blessed Sons? I can't remember. Uh, that's Blessed Sons. Okay. That's okay. The, uh, All right. Action benefit for them. Okay. So okay. unfortunately, with like the Rock Coven, um, in order to take Rock Coven, you have to take the Filthbringer subfaction. That's sure. what unlocks the Rock Coven. Got it. Yep. Okay. Okay. I just wasn't sure. I couldn't remember. I had kind of like a brain fart there about uh, if, if that was something on the Blight Kings themselves or if that was because you had to take them in a particular build, which, which, yeah, okay. Uh, blessed Sons. But so explain a little bit about, and you, you kind of already touched on this uh, inadvertently earlier, but, but it, it kind of go a little bit more into a deep dive of your usage with the Blight Kings uh, in your list because, you know, you're, you're carrying two units of five, which is pretty, pretty darn beefy into itself, even though that's the minimum. Yeah, it just came down to um, if you run Filthbringers, 
um, especially with you know the the block of leaders that I had with the double Magath, Festus, and Rock, and the whole Rock Coven, is you only have two battle line choices, which is Plague Bearers or Blight Kings. Right. And like I, I just needed more punch in my games instead of the Plague Bearers. Sure. So for a hundred more points, I, I can take future Blight Kings, which is effectively one more wound because your your champion is five wounds instead of four mm-hmm. so you're getting 21 wounds in that unit compared to 20 but you're getting a four up save instead of a six up and you're getting yep. way more damage output for five attacks each but you're going to stack disease they've got rend one and then they also have relentless attackers so at the end of the combat phase you can do even more mortal wounds yeah so this right. whole list has so much mortal wound output um that in a in a game where a lot of people are stacking saves i say i don't care right have some mortal wounds yeah yeah, and you know, I really think that they're improved. I mean, you're you're talking about you know they're they're five attacks a piece. Uh, yeah, it's a one inch range or one inch uh, uh, range on, on on the attack, but threes by threes negative one damage one. I, I think it's a much improved war scroll from what we had back in 2018. You know, or I would say original Maggot King. Yeah. And, um, and they've got the built in five up ward now, so like you don't yeah. need any support on them. Um, yeah, I threw them at hunters, so you, they can never be roared. And uh, effectively, with my deployment strategies on everything was. Uh, you know, I talked about the Blight Kings on the end, kind of on the end with the Plague Bears, and I'm holding up the middle there with the the Magathords behind, and then kind of my Rock Coven in the middle there with mm-hmm. Festus next Orgots. So that way, um, you know, if you're going to come into the Blight Kings, you're going to pull in a Magathord. You're also uh, Orgots is positioned where he's going to be. Everything is wholly within 18 of him. Mm-hmm. So you're going to those Blight Kings. You can't roar them, and I'm already getting a free all-out defense on them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you know, on a three up, five up is is pretty hardy. Yeah. Well, I, I would I would absolutely agree with that. <laughs> but you know, but to round it up here, you've got your uh, you got you got your plague bears and your nurglings. Um, they're back in the list. Are you using them any different in this list than you were in the previous one, the first one? Or are you still pretty much yeah, using your unit? Of, yeah, for the, for the plague bears and, and the nurglings. Uh, I mean, the plague bears are, are pretty much there for, uh, for mostly because you, you need a third battle line. So oh, I, I'm just kind of using them as, um, you know, wherever I need. Like against night haunt, I kind of put them to one side, as, as kind of more of a screen to say, all right, he's not going to be able to to send things around my back with some long charges into my wizards right away. Mm-hmm. Um, against uh, ogres, what I did was I put them towards the the middle. And I auto random turn one to form a screen, um, so that way, uh, if he did make any charges, he would go into the plague bearers first, and then behind that, I've got blight kings. Behind that, I've got orgots. So okay. it's just layers of beef. I like it. I like it. I like it. Well, I, I got to be honest with you. Your your lists are are awesome, and I, I got to be honest. The, the balance, the overlay. Uh, the the ability to attack your opponent with, uh, as I said, you know, before the uh, more innate stuff rather than the more um, literal war scroll stuff. I mean, that, that's very original, Emma. You, you've done something that, uh, I, I, as I said, I really think you've cracked the code on these. And I think that you've been able to um, give the Nurgle community, and really, uh, I would say the, the greater community, something, uh, a different look to this army and, and bravo to that, because I mean, it, it's those kind of things that, that people can bring to the community that I think excites everybody, whether you're an opponent or a player of a particular army. And that was something that, that I noticed right off the bat with, with the originality of these lists. 
specifically with the Rotbringers. But um, in, in kind of winding the topic here down tonight, um, if, 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 if you encountered a new player, somebody that was just coming into Nurgle for the very first time, you know, uh, what advice would you give them? How, how, what advice would you give them as far as not only how to start the army, but to be uh, a, a continual player with it? Um, I think the first bit of advice was don't play this list. And, <laughs> um, okay. I mean, it's, it, this was this was a wild one to play. Um, but in in all seriousness, though, um, you know, I, I think Nurgle is a fantastic army to pick up and start. Um, when I first started the game, I played Slaves of Darkness, and found that at the time it was like, well, if I just give everything the, the mark of Nurgle. I can just run it in Nurgle, and it's already better back then. So that's how I got hooked into Nurgle, and you know I think it's such a great army to get into right now because it, it's very durable. You know everything's got the five up wards, so you know it's tough to remove your your models sometimes. Um, the book is so versatile that you can run almost anything. Like you know you can. There's not a lot of misses in this book. Yeah, um, and the best thing that you can do is find something that you really love in the book and focus on, you know, how do you run that to the best of your ability? And then, you know, look for those synergies where you can get value with things. You know, don't just think, well, you know, Orgots is really good. I'm just going to throw them in a list. It's art. It's automatically going to be good. Like, sure. Think what can you do to put in that list to make Orgots really shine? Like, yeah. I, I put the Blight Kings in Hearts of the Heartland, so you know now he's always going to be able to issue commands to them. You can never roar them, like you know. He, that means that you know I not only have Orgots in there, but he's getting additional value because you can't deny him from doing the thing he wants to do. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, that really is, and 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 you know honestly, uh, you're you're a, an awesome testament not only to Nurgle but but to the community. And uh, congratulations on all your success. And, and I'll be honest with you, all of us Grimdark goons are going to be rooting for you, man, as you, as you go on to these other tournaments. Um, I, think, I think you're destined to do some great stuff. And, and, and you got a bunch of fans here with the Grimdark goons. That's for sure. So Thank you. looking forward to it. But, uh, but we're, we're, we're coming down to the end of the show. And we normally, at this point, we do our closing thoughts. Uh, w- would you like to give us some closing thoughts? Uh, my closing thoughts is I am... Uh, as much as I love Rock Coven, I'm the, with this new uh, Conspire Incarnate. I'm just not sure if I if I can run it again because he he feeds on endless spells and it powers him up and it just denies a lot of uh, of what I like to do here. But I'm gonna keep giving it um, some more attempts. You know, I, I think uh, the the Rock Coven. I had a blast playing it, um, and I really you know hope that you know even if other people don't want to run rock covens. Uh, maybe I've inspired somebody to run something silly or something different. You know, think outside the box. You know, I think a lot of people dismissed this when the book came out and said that's never going to be competitive, and you're never going to see it at you know any events. You know, there's, there's so much in these books that people dismiss, and you know they just want to look at what's the easy meta stuff, and you know there's there's so much to explore in these books. Um, and, and I hope we see more people kind of dive into things that way. Bravo. Bravo. 
I, I like the way you put that. And as far as an inspiration, Emma Mangles, you are definitely that. I think uh, I think that uh, you're gonna you're gonna drive a lot of people to uh, look at this army in a different way because uh, you did for me. I mean, I, honestly, you're, you're magic heavy, and and you know you, you kind of took some chances with 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 uh, with some lists, and it paid off, and and you put a lot of thought and time into it. So good stuff, good stuff. And I want to thank you very much for for being with us here tonight on Grimdark Live, and and uh, uh, you know bringing your big presence to this little show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, uh, and and hopefully you'll come back again after you after you get out there in the, in the tournament world and and uh, make us all proud with Team USA and beat up some of those other people out there. You'll you'll come back and brag about it with us. Well, we'll see what some of those other countries know. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Well, um, good stuff, Emma Mangles. Thank you so much for being with us uh, here tonight on Grimdark Live, and, and we would like to thank everybody for uh, for being with us and for watching and being part of the uh, the Grimdark Live experience. And uh, we'll see you again very soon uh, next week for more Grimdark Live. And remember. Uh, Roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a short pants. Good night, everyone. Have a nice night. Bye. From Dark Live, we'd like to thank you for slumming through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Hey, who are you calling a short pants? <laughs>